All right, this is Steeler Country. I'm your host, Tony. I said last week, I said this team, if they could beat the Giants, they would re-enter themselves back into that AFC playoff picture. Uh, and boy, did they do so. Beating the New York Giants 24-14. to And a very, a very dominating performance, especially on the defensive end. Something, you know, look, if you listen to my last podcast, my last two podcasts, I, I did not see this coming. I said that this team would probably get better on defense. Uh, young players stepping up, and, and we would see the team improve. But I did not think that... Overnight, especially given what happened two weeks ago, three weeks ago against Dallas, I did not think it would turn around this quick. Huge Steeler win, offensively uh, able to to run the ball, use clock, especially down the stretch. This team up 21 to seven, put the game away 21 to 14, and uh, put the game away on a field goal, long drive, huge win for this team. So now as this team goes down the stretch, we've got the last the last four games of the season left. Steelers got it, got to keep winning. The Ravens are, are winning. They got to keep pace. So, what better way to do this than let's do another three-man pod. Let's get Mike and Joe in here. Mike, how are you doing this evening? Doing well. Looking forward to another podcast and talking some Steeler football. Joe, how about you? How are you doing this evening? Yes, I'm feeling good back here in Steeler country. So, guys, you know, last time we talked, it was, I think it was after the New York Jets game, a much different feeling uh, than, than now. You know, this were 4-1 back at that point. Um, certainly the same kind of trepidation about the defense was – uh, we talked about it back then. Um, since we've last talked, the Steelers have gone on that horrific four-game losing up four and five. Uh, these last three weeks, though, I think to me have really been solidified by the defense and the different performance in these two. You know, Joe, I know I talked to you right after that uh, Indianapolis game, and you said to me, you know, I, I don't want to hear about how good this defense is after beating Land and beating Indianapolis. But does this, the way that this defense has now performed in three games straight, including a win over the Giants, uh, does it change your, your opinion at all and where this defense is headed or, or what this defense is capable of? Well, I mean, you know, obviously the win, a win over the Giants for a contender is a lot different than, you know, doing well against the Browns and the luckless, um, you know, the no-luck Colts. Right. So, yeah, it's, um, you know, it, it's, it's a, it's a, you know, it's, in the right direction, anyhow. It's not a bad indicator. It's a, it's a, it's a better indicator. Sure. Mike, I know you were a big proponent of, of bringing the blitz more and kind of getting pressure on the quarterback. And that's really been the hallmark of these last three games, right? I mean, they, they have done a much better job kind of overnight just getting pressure on the quarterback. It seems that way. I like it. I know that you kind of put your cornerbacks out there on an island sometimes, and our guys are young. They're not, they don't have that much experience, but they're, they're stepping up. I think these young guys, uh, Artie Burns, Cockrell, Sean Davis, those guys being able to do their jobs and maybe allow the defense to um, to be more flexible and, and blitz every now and then because they're not doing it all the time. They seem like they were mixing it up with uh, rushing three and four sometimes, and then sometimes even dropping a guy and and still on and coming with someone else and still on the rushing four. But they brought five or six sometimes. Those young guys doing their job and even the young guys on the defensive line. I think it's allowing the veterans to make plays, to make the splash plays like Shazier and Timmons and, and Harrison James and Mitchell. Harrison, yeah. yeah th- these guys w- were maybe in the, in the, at the beginning of the season because our young guys were making mistakes. You, you know, the, the defense wasn't coming together and our veterans weren't able to make big plays because we were getting big plays against us. I don't know. Something's coming together. I always like it down the stretch here where we start to peak. I'm not saying they've peaked yet, but they're definitely improving and heading in the right direction. Absolutely. It, it's, it's shocking to me how, like you said, just how quickly it turned with the young guys and, and how much better they're getting. You know, earlier in the year, guys like Artie Burns and especially Sean Davis, 
you know, before they before even knew who they were, they knew that they were the guys on the Steelers defense missing tackles. You know, it wasn't it wasn't oh it's it's like who's twenty eight that can't tackle, who's twenty five that can't tackle. Um, and, and where I what I really have seen these last couple weeks is this Steeler defense's willingness to tackle and to make the tackle a point of attack. Um, they've done a, they did a much better job in this game at stopping the run, and I think a lot of that has to do with uh, Sean Davis and Mike Mitchell playing more in the box foot. Um, and this team just playing more aggressive, more physical. It, this was the 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 most defense s game we and I think it's because you know they they're starting to find their their confidence, right? Be- beating the Browns is not is not an accomplishment. Beating the Colts without Andrew Luck is not an accomplishment. But the way that they did that, the fact that they were dominant in those, I think, kind of brought this defense's confidence up uh, to where now, as they go up against Giants, they're not you know. Whereas we Steeler fans are ready, we're we're so ready for this team to give again. You know, this defense has that belief now that they're going to get to the quarterback, that they're going to make those plays. And, Mike, like you talked about, that, that play by Timmons, you know, that's like a sin-defining play by this defense. The score was, what, at that point, 5 to nothing, I think? 2 to nothing? And then Timmons comes up with a humongous interception, a game, and the Steelers go back down, score a touchdown. Um, it's funny how they got to 14 in this game by going 2-5, what, 2-5-11-4. Was it? But that, that was just a, such a huge play in this game. It was, and he really had to go up to grab it. I mean, not only you know he had to, he had to reach it, and uh, and then he had to catch it, and he did. You know, a lot of times our not our guys, but just defenders in general, they drop a ball like that. And you're right, it was such a big play. And it was, the score was interesting because I think that uh, I think had we gone for a one point conversion, we would end up with 26. Right. Is that right? Because um, we missed two point conversion. Oh, we, yeah, we're we're missing two. No, no, I'm sorry. We we would end up with 25. It's like we had a score of twenty three plus a plus a. Uh, oh, did we go for plus a safety? Did we go for? We two? went for two and missed it. We go for two the second time. No, I guess think we didn't. The first right? time. No, no, didn't. no, 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 the second time. We tried to make it thirteen. We got to eleven. Tried to make right. it thirteen. This team has been missing two points. We'll talk about that when we get to the offense. But yeah, the two point conversion thing hasn't worked like in a while. In a while. But no, I think. And then you know, going to going back to the secondary, right? So Sean Davis, the entire play to me, the entire play of the of the secondary. Is more Artie Burns gets all the talk right now because he's the you know he's the hot, flashy first round pick who's playing well. But I, I really do think the secondary and, and the defense kind of flipped with the way this the safeties have earlier in the year, right? If you go back and, and, and uh, look at what this was doing well, even in those games where they weren't dominating, right? But they were making plays at the point of attack with Mike Mitchell and Robert Golden. Now Robert Golden no longer starts, and now it's Sean Davis. But this defense has really flipped. With the play of the Saints, when we were playing poorly, it was because we're giving up big plays, um, we're not making tackles, we're allowing big runs, big passes. But when Mike Mitchell's playing well, when Sean Davis is playing, those two guys really make the whole thing go. And then everything up front, I mean, Joe, James Harrison, you know, you, you've said it all year, James Harrison's our best pass rusher. Uh, but it's not, I mean, I don't even think, before it was kind of an insult to the other linebackers on the team. But now, I mean, James Harrison at 37, 38 is playing, you know, maybe not as well as he was in his prime. But he's playing top tier football. Well, it's, I mean, I, you know, I can't help but smile <laughs> when I see him. Well, really, but at the same time, it's like so. I so I, I love seeing Justin still doing well in the NFL. It, it's amazing. It's a, it's a terrific accomplishment on on his on his part. Um, but it also it also makes my stomach turn a little bit because I, I just look and I go, why is he still? Know, the chief playmaker. Why? And uh, you know, Shazier. Every once in a while, Shazier, you know, shows up and to it, uh, to it's to it's a playmaker. Um, I think we're missing. You know, I think that the defense misses Hayward. Um, but yeah, uh, 
look, it 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 was exciting, and the the opportunity that lies ahead. And Mike was Mike, who he always alludes to it this time of year, but this year in particular, if um, the Steelers are hot now and they they finish it out, then I'll believe they're a contender. Right now, they're poised to be a contender. They're not right. a contender. No, I think I think we're just starting to. Yeah, I think you're right. I think we're just starting to re-enter ourselves into that conversation. You know, it's one thing to beat the Browns and Colts. It's another to beat the Giants at home. But it's then another thing, right, to continue that run on two sneaky road games like the Bills and Bengals. Two we should probably beat. But th- these are these are the kinds of games that pretenders are going to go on these games lose, right? They're going to find a way to, and a pretender would find a way to lose to a division the road like the Bengals. But if this team, all right, a bit of a technical difficulty here. We uh, lost about thirty seconds of the podcast. Just finishing up my point. I'm basically talking about what a challenge the Bills game is going to be, and and. Uh, these next four games going forward, and we pick up with Mike uh, expanding on that point. Playoffs, because if the Steelers make the playoffs, they might get one home game, but they're going to be on the road if they want to get to the Super Bowl. So it's it's a good test to go on the road at a team you're not that familiar with, which is probably going to happen in the playoffs, because the other three games remaining in the season are division games. So, uh, and and it's against a quarterback that you know has that can run. So you got to worry about that. That happens with good teams in the playoffs. And and with LaShawn McCoy also, so it's a big test. I'm 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 hoping that they can pass it, and then you're right. Then it is arrow pointing up. Yeah, and let, let's talk about let's talk about the offense real quick because I have noticed something uh, in these past couple weeks, or at least since the since that Cowboys game. It seems to me that the offense has gone much more uh, to a like a run ball control style of offense than or or at least a chew up the clock. I mean, not necessarily running the football, you know, over 50% of the time, but certainly getting the ball to Le'Veon out of the backfield, using um, using clock, and not so much going for that big play. You know, earlier in the year, it was all about Sammy Coates and making making huge splash plays with him and A.B., right? And now it just seems like the offense has kind of settled in. They understand, okay, we don't have Sammy Coates. We don't have those big play guys. Um, but we do have Le'Veon leaning on him. Um, and in, what was impressive to me about this game, like I said in the intro, was that that the fact that we got the ball with six minutes to go, and just ran out the clock on this team, um, so impressive and something that this team is going to need as we go into December. That's the style of football that you can be consistent with, right? If you can run the ball, if you can you can complete short third downs, you can win like that, and you don't have to rely on just getting fifty yard bomb touchdowns every play. Oh, that that was my favorite part of the offense. I'll jump in here. Because um, it's going to be surprising for anyone who knows how I like to watch football. But <clears throat> in this iteration of the Pittsburgh Steelers, the, my, the thing that made me the most happy was all of the little dumps to, uh, to Bell when everybody was covered. And Bell would just be sitting there, you know, two yards off the line of scrimmage. Or, and and uh, Ben would just dump it to him and he'd go for seven or eight yards or a first down. Um, that, that broke the Giants back. Um, and, and, you know, we see it happen to the Steelers defense, you know, week in and week out. Um, and I'll, I'll take that all day long. I'll, I'll take a 15 play drive over a, over a, an 80 yard bomb all day long. Um, so that, that was my favorite part of the offense. Mike, do you worry at all that we're leaning too much on Le'Veon? He's so good that, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm never disappointed to see him get the ball because he, he is so good. I mean, if you're playing fantasy, you got to have him on your team every week of those weekly fantasies. 
But I, I do worry about, you know, injury. So uh, getting D'Angelo back just to spell him a little bit would be helpful and, and to kind of mix it up. But I like to see him get the five and six catches a game, just like Joe's saying. That, that is a killer. And to put, split him out wide and, and create those mismatches. And he's so patient. And, and you're right, controlling the game. I started thinking about it when you said it. Uh, maybe there is something to be said that they're trying to slow the offense down a little bit to help the defense, keep the defense off the field, let them catch their breath and, uh, and, and you know, gain some confidence that way too. He, his stats this year are insane. He has 243 touches this year for 318 yards. That's running and receiving and four touchdowns. 98 of those touches have come just in the last three games. It, it's, it, you know, we have, this offense has really, I, I really think they, they came to Jesus after that Cowboys game and said, look, we have to, we have to keep the ball. We have to keep the ball away from our defense. Um, we have to be sustained on our drives. It's led to less points, right? The Steelers aren't score. The Steelers don't even look like an offense that wants to score 30 or 40 a game, right? If that makes sense, right? They're more interested in kind of getting a tempo and uh, controlling a game uh, than they are just going bombs away. Um, I do worry, though, I do worry that leaning too heavily on Le'Veon like this, you know, leads to wear and tear, which then leads to injury, which then would just absolutely decimate this team down the stretch. Uh, but the pleasant surprise of this offense, and, and uh, the reason for hope here is Ladarius Green. You know, earlier in the year, it was all about Sammy Coates. It was, if we can get Sammy, if the emergence of Sammy Coates will mean that this offense then has a true number two, which they hadn't had since Martavis. Um, and that would mean then that the offense, that it's really an offense that, you know, it's a pick your poison type of thing again. You can't cover AB and try to stop the run and try to cover Sammy Coates. Um, with Sammy down, you know, then the offense became, oh, it's Antonio Brown, Eli Rogers, and Kobe Hamilton. Very, you know, not, not the same offense at all, uh, or not the same passing game at all. But now with Ladarius, uh, we have that, Mike, you know, we talked about this, I forget what it was, two years ago on the podcast, an athle- a big athletic tight end added to this mix and what that would mean for a guy like Ben, for AB, for Le'Veon, you know, just opening up this offense. Uh, defenses haven't caught on yet, right? We're still early days of the the Ladarius Green thing. But to me, if Ladarius Green gets going, if, if we continue using him this way, or God forbid he gets better, um, this offense approaches then that kind of pick-your-poison, unstoppable nature we thought it would be you know, last year or, or coming into this year. That's true. I, I forgot that we talked about that and hoped that we would find someone like that in the draft. And then when even Ladarius came on the team, a lot of us, like at least like me, didn't really know what type of player he was going to be. I didn't watch him in San Diego. And uh, even seeing him a few games prior to, he didn't seem like the player that he was in this pr- previous game. I mean, opening it up down the middle, stretching the field, big guy, good hands. Uh, that, that's going to be, I mean, if he continues to do that, that's going to be a big piece of this offense. And you got to believe Sammy Coates is going to, his fingers are going to heal sooner or later and get back on the field. And that's just going to help. I mean, we are kind of missing that second receiver, someone stepping up. Um, we were hoping it was going to be um, Eli Rogers. And he just, I mean, he's good. He just hasn't gotten in the mix yet or as much as we'd like to see him. So, but yeah, Ladarius, that's, that's another great weapon. I, I can't wait. I, you know, and it's funny because uh, going coming into the season, right? Um, 
I forget who it was. One of the Steeler beat writers. There was a lot. Well, Darius Green was injured going into the season, right? He had that ankle injury. He never practiced in, in training camp. He got put right on PUP. And then there were rumors that he was having headaches or there was a concussion thing happening with him. Um, and it just seemed like we were he was never going to play, right? And one, I, think, I forget, one of the beat writers, I think it was Ed Bouchette, wrote in one of his chats that Ladarius Green might be the worst signing, the worst free agent signing in, in Steeler history. Uh, and it's funny to think that now because I, I, not only do I not think he's the, he would be the worst now, he might be the key to this team's success if we're going to make a Super Bowl run, it's go- it's going to be through someone like – to me, it's going to be someone like Ladarius Green, right? Someone who can unlock uh, the part of the offense that went away when we – you know, because we don't have a second receiver. Um, well, you have to have threats on offense all over the field. Yeah. So we always talk about the three guys, you know, and then we had Bryant, and then it was like, wow, it's like a circus, you know. Um, and and – uh, so what I mean, what I like about him is he, you know, the the big part is obvious. But um, I noticed that uh, maybe I'm, you guys ought to correct me if I'm wrong, but he looked like he was square to the quarterback when he was when when he when he was successful. Yeah. Um, and that is that to me is the, that's classical old fashioned tight end play. You got a big a big square body squaring himself up to the quarterback. And and boxing out. I mean, it's almost like boxing out in basketball. You're boxing out the defender, um, and it's very difficult. Um, it's very difficult to defend. And so, you know, if you add that to to the other threats that and they're, they're real threats on the offense. Uh, uh, Brown and Bell are very serious threats. Um, Bryant is sitting out there for next year. Uh, uh, what's his name? The coats with the fingers and and. Um, uh, we still, you know, still Eli Rogers has had his, he has, he's been streaky this year. We'll say it like that. Yeah. Um, and, and now you, now you throw, now, now you throw in number 89 um, and there's just, it's just another place. And so when you're attacking a defense, they just don't know where it's coming from next. Uh, and, and so, uh, you know, he doesn't have to be, he doesn't have to carry the whole, the whole team. Nobody does anymore. Um, no, but it'll so be it's, interesting. It's exciting. It'll it, be uh, it gets, gets exciting. It's going to be interesting to see how they, how defenses if he continues this success if Ladarius is able to continue what he's done now in these past couple weeks like against Indy he had what was it like three catches ninety in this game he had over a hundred yards um, and a touchdown if he's able to continue that right if he's able to be as good stat wise as uh, A B and as Le'Veon. It'll be interesting to see how defenses counter that. Because right now, the defensive game plan is very simple. Do not let A.B. beat you. You're going you're gonna to stack guys on A.B. every single play. Two, three guys are going to A.B. every single play. And so really the only plays that A.B. Is able, are able, is able to get are ones where either he's making a spectacular A.B. type of play, like the touchdown where he got the elbow in, or like the sideline one where he just barely toe-tapped it in. Right or a designed A B play like the wide receiver screens that we do or the little the little slant routes that we run for him, um, and that's what the, and then and then of course they're gonna everyone's trying to take away Le'Veon although they're not successful doing so because everybody puts a linebacker on Le'Veon and it's look as a Steeler fan I love it but very stupid very stupid and he outruns the linebacker every single time, but they're also putting a linebacker on the Darius right now and it's not working and if if this the defensive game plan going forward is going to be that we have to take either a corner or a safety now 
and put them on Ladarius Green because he's too much of a threat in the passing game. Well, what does that do then to the double coverage on AB? Because you kind of have to keep that, right? So I think, you know, you guys have talked about Eli Rogers being kind of disappointing to this point, but I think that's because he's more of a slot guy. He's the guy, if you, had, if you have two receivers who you really have to care about, then Eli's the guy you can't account for because he's the little guy who's going to find his space. But with Kobe Hamilton starting on the outside, no one cares about Kobe Hamilton. He's in single coverage every single play. And he's a practice squad guy. He's decent, but no, he's demanding no coverage. But if Ladarius all of a sudden demands a safety or, or a corner, you still have to put two guys on AB. You still have to account for Le'Veon. You know, then that unlocks the potential to me of Eli Rogers. Uh, and that to me is the most exciting part of this offense. And then, and then counter, you go with that, that this offense isn't relying on all this big play stuff anymore. I mean, they're, they're very comfortable settling for first down run for three or four yards um, second down, run for another three or four yards because that's going to come back in the fourth quarter to really bite you as your defense wears down, wears down, wears down. We're not trying to score 40 in the first half. We're trying to beat you over a, uh, over a, a four-quarter period. Um, you know, and to this point, it's been very successful. And to me, going into the playoffs, this is the kind of offense we want to be playing. We don't, you know, I, I want to be playing a more consistent style of offense rather than that kind of splashy style of offense. Spoken like a true Steeler fan. <laughs> almost like it's almost like you're advocating for a running game, you know, and a <laughs> balance. You know, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, right. No, I am. I am advocating for for a running game um, because if you look at you know, you, you just look at those games where, like Miami, right, where we where Le'Veon never really got any touches in that game, right. It, I'm okay with losing in games like. You know, like Baltimore, right? Le'Veon, we got we gave the ball to Le'Veon every single play. They just did a good job of shutting down Le'Veon, and Ben was hurt, and so the whole offensive game plan was screwed. I'm actually okay. I'm more okay with that than what happened in Miami, which is Ben's hurt. We're not even trying to run. We're just it's just Ben back there throwing up you know passes uh, to nobody. Um, we have to play if we're going to win. This team has to go on the road twice now in the playoffs, right? And that's where this team is. If we're going to make the playoffs, it's going to be as a three or four seed. The one or two seeds are very tough to get. Um, so this team has to go on the road. And if you're going to go on the road two times in the playoffs and win, you have to have a dependable style. You, the, the chances of us going in New England and winning a shootout and then going to Oakland and winning a shootout or vice versa is, to me, it's almost impossible, right? That's a good point. I, I, I like that... Uh... The thing about being a little conservative in the short passing game and or the quick passes and, and running the ball is typically you don't get these penalties, the holding penalties with the long pass plays and things like that. And th- those are hard to overcome. I got to believe that this if we looked at the stats that the offense sputters when it's first and 20. Yeah. And, the, you know, second and 15 because of a sack or something like that. And the other thing about it is, you know, not all the time, but. Tomlin has shown that he's willing to go for it on fourth down, you know, when they're in the right area, even to close out this game. I mean, we had a chance to kick a long field goal, went for it on fourth down and uh, converted with a pass. Right. Yeah. To, to Jesse and that, James. And that's, yeah. And that's set up the basically the field goal that closed the game. A, more, a little so, more of a chip shot. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, don't, I mean, I, I like it. I, I, you know, Ben's in, Ben is just, we didn't say anything about Ben yet. I mean, he's just, He's just in control of this offense, and he's and he's 
for the most part of the season, he's been great. Yeah. And he will carry the team. He's done a great job of limiting uh, turnovers, especially uh, during this during this winning streak. Um, you know, the, the, the interception he had um, in this game, I think, was more on the fact that Eli is just not strong. Right? He was like – it was Eli Rogers going up against Eli Apple, and Eli Apple is like a physical Ohio State corner um, and just kind of ripped the ball away. But, no, Ben's done a great job. Ben's done a, and the offensive line has also done a great job. We, we should probably mention the offensive line here. Um, the Giants have a very, very good pass rush, and Ben had a lot of time to throw, and when he didn't, he at least had lanes where he could escape pressure. Um, you know, the, the offensive line has been a, you know, kind of an up-and-down season because of the penalties that we get. You know, we, and I do think we need to talk about that, too, because offensively, the penalties are still a problem. We're still getting too many holding or illegal use of hands to the face, and they, they especially come on Le'Veon's longer runs um, or uh, early downs, putting us in, like you said, Mike, a first and 20 or, or first and 15. It's a good point, though, on the offensive line. Definitely got to give him, give him credit. Uh, ben had a lot of time to, to throw. Oh, other and, things. Yeah, those penalties. Are- and, and, you know, I, what I was going to say about the offensive line before you brought it up was uh, there, there was a couple of plays um, where we had runs or maybe they were little, you know, little dumps or whatever. But <clears throat> and, they, and they, the broadcasters showed it a, a couple of times um, where both DeCastro and um, Pouncey, yeah. you know, were up the field throwing, you know, key blocks. And one of them was very disappointing because I think there was a penalty and it got called back. Um, but uh, those guys are those guys are doing a phenomenal job, um, at least in that in, in that game. So you know, you I wasn't thinking pass protection. I was thinking, man, these guys are these guys really get up the field and, and throw some blocks. Oh, no, absolutely. And I think this is the difference between last year and this year. You know, Pouncey was hurt all of last year, and the offensive line wasn't bad last year. Right? We, we talked about how good the offensive line was all of last year, but. There is a difference between the, what the offensive line was doing last year and, and like you said, what it's doing this year, getting upfield. Um, we're able to use Le'Veon out of the backfield almost at, at will on any, on any play. And those little plays like the, the one that we opened with in this game where it was just the design, a designed little flick it out to Le'Veon and pull both Pouncey and DeCastro on the outside. The, to me, that play seems like it can work anytime we want it because because a of how athletic our offensive line is and getting out there and getting in front of Le'Veon and then b just how patient Le'Veon is Le'Veon has those runs I mean he had another one in this game where it seems like he's caught two yards in the backfield and then he's getting a 10 or 12 yard run um I mean he's he's fantastic and and did did you hear the stat that over his career or whatever some time period he has the least negative plays of any active back I think in the league I, I believe it. He not only does he fall forward. Oh, that was called. That, that was called during the. I don't know if I got it exactly. Yeah, the, the exact I think stat. at least this season. Yeah, maybe just this season. I I believe it because he he never gets caught behind the line of scrimmage without at least you know uh, falling forward or making one or two guys miss. Um, and oh, the other play I really liked, which I think running backs need to do this more often, the pitch play that was clearly they they picked our play was never going to work. And he just threw it out of bounds. I don't know. You don't why think that was a design pass? Was it a design I thought it was pass? A design, I, I thought it was, and he you no, know, he didn't see anyone, so he was smart and threw it out of bounds. Oh, uh, now I'm disappointed because I yeah, always that's what I thought too. <laughs> now I'm disappointed. So you thought the you thought the halfback was just behind the line of scrimmage and said, "How the hell it? I'll just throw it away." 
like a big heads up play. Yeah, I thought because I, I was like, man, this is gonna go for wow. three or four yards behind the line of scrimmage, and Le'Veon's like, nah, I'll okay. just take it. If that play. really happened, then the Steelers are the smartest team in football. <laughs> yeah, you you to watch the coaches tape on that. Yeah, because I gotta believe if Le, Le'Veon on a sweep like that, he likes contact. He's gonna go upfield and try to you know try to hit somebody. You're probably right. Try to hit somebody. Yeah. Well, that's so, but he had the ball in his hand ready to throw it. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, dude, but, if, if you got halfbacks starting to throw the ball like because they're going to get tackled, <laughs> there's going to be somebody coming from behind them. You're going to have yeah. sack, fumble, touchdowns. That's true. You're going to have all kinds of crazy stuff happening. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so a couple. I do want to say a couple negative things uh, about specifically Le'Veon, and I, you know, I don't want to get like the pitchforks out on this podcast, but Uh-oh. have we have we noticed him fumbling a little too often this season? Like the the. You know, he, he came out of college, had never fumbled in college or high school. Never. Uh, he's been a very dependable runner. But I forget how many fumbles he has this season, but it's like more than three. And it's a little concerning to me. Oh, uh, wait a second. But how I many touches? That up. You, I mean, you did, you did the stat. 98 touches. Yeah, last three games. I mean, someone asked Tomlin this in the press, press conference, and Tomlin basically just discounted it and said, I'm not going to overanalyze it. The guy's been great over his whole career. Ending college, and it's not a problem. So he's fumbled three times this year, only lost one out of 180 but rushes. Now, I, it was one like out of bounds, like he was. Yeah, but how many times? There's 180 not, times he's run, three well, times he's fumbled. Yeah, but that's not how many times he's handled the ball. No, no, no. no. He, you can total, fumble on any anytime right. you have the ball, you no, can right. fumble. 243 oh. times he's touched the ball this year. Is that right? 243? I didn't think the fumble in this game was that bad because it, that was like one of those where yeah, you're in the pile and you're laying on people and really the whistle should have blown earlier. Yeah, no, that, you're right. Uh, oh, he's, oh, I'm sorry. He's fumbled four times. Three times running the ball, one time after a catch. Only lost one, though. But four fumbles in a season? Um, what That's, am I going to say? Don't give him the ball? No. The Steelers, <laughs> keep giving him the ball. The Steelers have fumbled six times this season. One was Ben, one was the blocked punt. So the rest are that counts as a fumble. Yeah, that counts as a fumble. Uh, you know what's surprising is Ben only has one fumble. Yeah, well, that's because the, that, offensive, I mean, the offensive line is balled out of control yeah. this year. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, then the other, the other thing about Le'Veon, and I don't know if you guys have heard this one either. Okay, uh, Le'Veon only has two rushes this year over 20 yards. I just read that when I was looking at the stats. Actually, yeah. I thought it was one. Look again. He's got a 44 yarder and a 20 something yarder, okay. right? Oh, no, no, that was a 19 yard. They only counted at 19 this week. Maybe it is only one. So, no no but, explosive runs for Le'Veon this year. It doesn't, you know, uh, when I heard that stat, I was like, that doesn't even, that doesn't feel right. Yeah. But. How many catches over 20 yards? And then uh, compare that to the other leading backs. Yeah, that's true. I mean, no, no, his, his catching out of the backfield. I mean, defense has got to catch up to that, or, you know, they're they're screwed. I mean, I I, I just looked up where he stands, like in the in the rushing race, basically, and he's like nine or ten because he missed right. the first what three games, game. but he is second in the league in yards per game at like ninety, yeah. you know, behind Zeke. Yeah. But they don't have a stat, or I don't, I couldn't find a good way to look at it. You know, uh, total yards, like yards from scrimmage per game, he's got to be leading in that, or at least up there with Zeke. Uh, I can do the math real quick because I actually put these numbers together. All right. He has 1,300 yards over 240 carries. 
What have I told you? No, but what about yards? I mean, what about receiving yards? No, no. That, okay, so that's that's combined running and receiving. He's touched the ball 243 okay. times this year, either running no. or receiving, and he's got 1,300 yards uh, between the two. And and who's leading the league in total yards from scrimmage? It's got to be Zeke, right? Yeah, like what is it? Like 1,500, something like that. I don't know. Do they even have that on like? You have to go. Yeah, you have to look up his receiving yards separately somehow. Oh, they don't have like total yards. I'm too lazy. I, I don't. I, didn't, I Zeke don't has. What were you going to say, Joe? Oh, go ahead. Well, Zeke has 1,300 yards yeah. rushing. Yeah. So my point is, I think that Le'Veon is probably leading the league in yards from scrimmage per game because he's missed three games. That's probably right. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, Zeke has 1,500. 1,600 total yards. Le'Veon has almost uh, a little over 1,300. And Zeke's played the entire year. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. yeah Le'Veon is killing it. But, no, but so, the, okay, so going back to the explosive thing, though, right? We're, like, we don't have a deep threat anymore. Darius Hayward Bay is hurt. Marcus Wheaton is hurt. And Sammy Coates is hurt. So we're left with A.B. who's going to get double even – even though he is good at, at deep balls – He's double-covered every single play. Um, so that leaves really just Ladarius and and then Le'Veon for the big play type stuff. Um, I don't know. Is it concerning to you guys at all that, that this offense is – you know, it went from like bombs away, kind of Bruce Arians-esque, like definitely leaning on big chunks to now that's just – that part of the offense is just kind of gone? I mean, I always well, enjoyed that part of the offense. Go ahead, Joe. I just before you get too far off of the stats thing, I just want to remind you that I always tell you about stats. They are just oh, yeah. they're just so misleading. Uh, you know, you you can't quantify through stats what a, what a, what the value of anything is because they're just they're just measurements. They don't tell you whether. The yards are critical yards in the beginning of the game, or they're garbage yards at the end of the game. Um, you know, so all all of this stuff, you know, any st- stats is one of those words that you can spell, you know, forwards or backwards, and it spells the same, which is very suspicious. Um, and so you should never trust a word <laughs> that you can spell backwards, and it's and it's the same thing. Okay, there's just something that's duplicitous about it. All right, let's let's uh, let's talk about this team down the stretch because uh, we have we only have this season is is you know rapidly reaching its conclusion. We are two thirds of the way through. Uh, are we more than that? Do I know how to do math? Yeah, we're two thirds. Uh, more than two thirds. No, we're three fourths. Three fourths. <laughs> like I said, do I know how to do math? Probably not. We need a. Yeah. You got a computer, a calculator, That's, a phone? Uh, no, not on me. Um, do we? Okay, so down the, we have four games left. Do we feel like at this point that this team, the way it is constructed, the way it is playing now, the way it is constructed right now, is a playoff team? I say yes. I think the interesting thing about the team right now is going into the season, if you thought about the offense and the defense, it seems that the defense right now on the rise that we talked about at the beginning is really exceeding expectations. However, the offense, however, the offense, because our expectations were pretty low for the defense, I think, you know, we were like, oh, as long as we score 30 points a game, 
then, then we're good. I mean, that's not saying a lot about your defense. So right now, I think that they, they might be exceeding our expectations. However, the offense, with what you just said, that we lost that explosive deep threat, um, maybe with Ladarius coming in, but it, it might not be meeting our expectations. But the two together, I think it's a playoff team. You got you to, but the key is win this game on the road, and you just got to get Baltimore out of your hair. They can't be close. I mean, if Baltimore sweeps us, we're in big trouble. We probably don't make the playoffs. It's very, very hard. It's very, very hard. Joe, what do you think? Are we a playoff team right now? Do we look like, do we have the look of a playoff team? Well, they have the, the chemical makeup of a, of a playoff team, sure. You know, you got a Hall of Fame quarterback and you got some Hall of Fame players and you got a, you got a uh, potentially explosive offense. Um, and, uh, and as far my, my thing with the defense, my expectations of the defense were low this year. Um, uh, well, I shouldn't say it like that. They've become low, um, to where I just have, I just have, you know, fatigue waiting for it to, you know, I I have, I have lack of Steeler defense fatigue. I've grown (laughs) impatient with it. Um, it's been too long since we've had a defense where I, when they take the field, I'm excited, um, more excited than I am about the offense taking the field. Um, so, so to say that my expectations are low is an understatement at this point. Um, <clears throat> that being said, I still, you know, I'd, I'd love to see them come together. I'd love to see this plan come together. I said earlier this year, I think the plan is a failure. I think it's been proven, and I think it's time to blow it up. So, to me, they have the perfect setup now. Is this team a championship team? Is it a contender? That's the question. And I can't answer that question. Only the Steelers are going to answer that question. And here's how they're going to answer it. They have a road game in Buffalo, and then they have they play the entire division to close out a season. Now, that is a man's schedule. If, if, you, are, if you are a contender... If you are a badass, if you if you are, uh, you know if, if you if you've got guts, if you've got drive, uh, if you've got desire, well, that you couldn't order it up any better. Then Br- bring me all of my enemies into what is that? Who is the guy, the Viper guy on the Game of Thrones? All of my enemies are in one place. Now, now, granted, spoiler alert. They got head <laughs> Spoil- spoilers for Game of Thrones. End, yeah, but he did have it once. He was he was trash talking, or he had or he did win, he did win, and he was going to take care of all of his enemies. They're all in one place. You got all your enemies in one place. You've come to the perfect point in time to prove who you are or who you're not. Okay. Uh, now here's here's my, my my bottom line for me, and I alluded to this earlier. You go on a four game winning streak on top of the three wins. Okay, so you had Cleveland and you had you had luckless uh, uh, Indianapolis. Um, all these years, I wanted to call them Baltimore twice, um, and uh, so those are like warm-up games. They're practice games, and you call them confidence builders. Yes, okay. So they were warm-ups. They were practice. They're not real games. They were a joke. <laughs> but everybody needs. No, seriously, you practice why so that you. But they were needed. But they were needed. Yeah, they were absolutely necessary. Absolutely, yeah. and I totally agree with your analysis earlier. 
So then you go and now you take that take that confidence. You take those warm ups and you know, sorry, I'm insulting the turds and they deserve it, and I'm insulting the Colts and you know they sort of deserve it because they got no team without luck. Um, and so uh, so now they go and they take on the Giants. Okay, in the comfort of home, but it's a, it's another little step. Now they got to go on the road to Buffalo. It's not a very good team in Buffalo. They can beat you if you don't come ready to play, but a good team can go into Baltimore or Buffalo and win. Okay, now you got the division, and the division speaks for itself. Cincinnati is playing garbage football, uh, and we should be able to go on the road in in this winning streak and take out Cincinnati. Baltimore, when they come to Pittsburgh, my God, do we owe Baltimore an ass-whipping the the likes that that nobody can imagine, okay, Uh, like we gave them two two years back, you know, 46 to 10 or something like that. That's what they got coming. Uh, And then the Browns, um, uh, we play the Browns on the road. No, I mean, at home. You know, oh, okay, at home. So, uh, so really, I mean, you know, interesting thing about that this, game. This it, is a seven-game winning streak going into the playoffs. No one then can, and, and a team that took out their whole division in the last three weeks. You have. They are a serious contender at that point. It's a. It's a long way. It's four games. Four games. Very winnable games. But you win the four games. I, I win the four games. You, you clinch the division. Yeah, the Steelers could. Yeah, they're going to be eleven and five division winner first round, or uh, they won't get a first round bye. But um, well, yeah, Mike and I might spend some time here uh, showing you showing you a way. There might be a way. But no, no, go on. There's always a way. With four games <laughs> left, there's always a way. <laughs> no, I, I think I think uh, yeah, no, your point is right. If if this team can, this team right now. Uh, like I said at the beginning, right? They have now re-entered themselves back into that into that uh, picture in the AFC, right? You can take them seriously again as a playoff as a playoff contender, right? A team that could make the playoffs um, because they beat the Giants. Um, now they have to actually go through with it, right? And that that involves beating Buffalo. And by the way, as long as we're talking about playoff scenarios, beating Buffalo, I know Joe, you don't want to hear this, but beating Buffalo. And if Baltimore were to lose to New England on Monday night, and that game is in New England, that means the Cincinnati game no longer matters. It is a meaningless game, essentially. It's in the ter- just in terms of the AFC North division race. How, how is it meaningless, Tom? No, let's get, let's put the, put your finger on it. How is it meaningless? Statistically, well, it's, it's no, right, right, right. But well, much like, mad. yeah, very similar, very similar to this game against the Giants, which also was kind of statistically didn't really matter. You could lose to the Giants, an NFC team, um, wasn't really going to affect anything. Because that game against Baltimore is really the one that matters. But I agree with you, Joe. Just like the Giants game didn't matter in playoff positioning, it mattered for is this team actually good enough to make the playoffs? Do you have to beat Buffalo? Good. You think this team is going to go into New England in the playoffs or going to go into Oakland in the playoffs and win, but they can't beat Buffalo in December when the division is on the line? They can't go into Cincinnati in December when the division is on the line? No, 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 no. If this team were to lose one of these two games but then sneak in because they beat Baltimore, they're still going to get their ass kicked by the Patriots or by the Raiders in the playoffs. Um, no, Joe, you're absolutely right. The, the way this team goes is they have to win seven straight. They have to. And I don't know if it's possible. I, I think, uh, you know, you talked about the defense. Um, I think the defense is too young. And I'm just going to – look, the, Tomlin made uh, a – Tomlin and Butler made that decision a couple weeks ago to go young with this defense, to just play all the rookies and all the young guys and screw it. We're just going to go super young with this thing. Um, 
and you know, no more. Well, they're kind of halfway. They blew up part of it because it wasn't working. Right, but I, I think that that did that. put this team a year away. I think I think there's no way this team wins a Super Bowl this year. And I know I'm going to eat those words later. Whatever. Uh, no, there's no way this team wins a Super Bowl. There's no way that a team with this many rookies starting on defense is going to go through the modern day NFL and win a Super Bowl. It would take a miracle. Um, well, but so you're, but but so by that token, though, then you got to say there's no way the Cowboys. Have I, I think there is no way the Cowboys. No, that's another thing. I think there is a hundred percent chance the Cowboys lose in the playoffs. Hundred percent. I don't disagree with you, but it's a it's a big difference having a yeah. rookie quarterback. That's than having the some rookies on defense. Yeah, I, I mean, there's two things that can happen for the Steelers. Their their defense continues to elevate and gel and and all that. I mean, this is all Steeler colored glasses talk. Of course, here. of course, so, Steeler country, baby. And the other thing is, I mean, you got Ben in the playoffs after a seven-game winning streak. You enter the playoffs like that, they're going to be on a roll. And then if you can get Sammy Coates back or, or even Hayward Bay, where you can get that deep threat and then Ladarius Green coming in, and you have all these weapons, I mean, you're talking about three games to get to the Super Bowl. Ben yeah. can do it. A team yeah. like that can do it. Yeah, I just I worry about the well-oiled machine offenses in the NFL being able to pick on Guys yeah. like Sean Davis and Artie Burns, who haven't seen everything, you know, they, uh, you know, missed assignments and that kind of thing, can just absolutely. Who who are the well-oiled machines as far as offensively? I mean, you got the Raiders and the, and the Patriots. Raiders and the Patriots. And the Patri- Patriots are kind of. Eh, you're right. We gotta watch and see if they're really as hot as they were earlier. They, I think the Patriots may have peaked too early, and and losing Gronk is obviously well, huge. Losing Gronk is huge. Huge. Yeah. So so the you know the Raiders are the the high flying team. Yeah, and then well, then you have Atlanta. You know, you don't want to see Atlanta in the Super Bowl. You don't want to see uh, Seattle in the Super Bowl. Seattle. Seattle. Yeah, their offense. Their offense scares me. It's just the whole team. Yeah. Yeah, I know the Bucks. But the Bucks are an interesting team. The Bucks are not. I don't want to see the Bucks in the Super Bowl either. (laughs) Um, Mm, They don't have enough weapons. uh, Mike Evans is really good. Yeah, but other than him. All right, Mike, do you want to go over uh, playoff scenarios? Yeah, go ahead. I didn't really look at them too much, but they, I do see the playoff machine is up the and playoff running. playoff machine, oh, it's been up and running for two weeks, and I've been just – it's wrong, though. Here's what I hate about it. I'm looking at it, and I'm like, wait, what if the Steelers were to lose – okay, so the wor- like, let's go over worst-case scenario, right? Worst-case scenario is Steelers lose to Bills, Ravens beat Patriots. Then the question is, oh, do yeah. the Steelers still control their own destiny at that point? Because then we're, now we're a game behind. So we've lost, and the Ravens somehow miracle away winning against the Patriots. Now we're seven and six; they're eight and five. We still play each other. We would still split. Right. We would still split division record. So do we then control our own destiny? Wait, Wait we'd split head to head, but and but they have a good division record. They haven't lost yet in the division, right? And and we've they've lost one. They lost we to lose, the. We lost to them. We lost to them, and they yeah. lost to Cincinnati, didn't they? I don't think so. Let me look. I have it right here. Oh, no, no, no. They have not lost to Cincinnati. You're right. So we would need them to lose a game in the division, which then we'd be a game up on them. Wait, wait, wait. No, 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 no. We would have the same division record because we would beat – okay, we lose to Buffalo, but we beat everybody else, right? So imagine a world in which after this week, Baltimore is one game up on us, right? Okay, you're right. You're right. We'd both have one loss. We'd both have one loss in the division. Now, we sweep through the rest of the schedule, so we beat them and the Bengals and the Browns, and they beat the Eagles and they beat the Bengals, right? 
At the end of the season, both teams end up 10-6. and six. Who wins the division? Well, I, it used to go to conference record, but I think it goes to common games. It goes games to common games now. now. And, they, and have so us, they have us on common games. After all that? After all that, it wouldn't matter. We would be, we would be out unless we but, win some kind of crazy Here's the thing. Baltimore is terrible. I don't know how they beat the Dolphins the way they did. I do. Uh, what, what, can you t- tell us the remainder of their schedule after New England? Okay. So they, they, play, they play New England this week on Monday Night Football. Monday Night Football against New England. Then they go home for Philly. Philly just got absolutely yeah. shellacked by Cincinnati. I don't understand that Philly game. at the wrong time. Yeah, I know. Philly's on the way down. So that's not good. Okay. Then so they have us. Then they have us. Then, then they, they have the sneaky, the sneaky Joe Flacco screw-up of the year at Cincinnati. I've never been yeah. a bigger Bengal, bigger Bengal fan than I am in Week 17. I, I hope we don't need that game. <laughs> no, we shouldn't need that game. No. We shouldn't. They should – okay, first of all, if they do, they should, if they do beat the Patriots – uh, yeah, then the Patriots. Then the Patriots just, suck. They're on their way down. Yeah, but the the Patriots are due to lose. That's the problem I have with this game coming up. The this, Patriots are just due to lose. Yeah, but aren't they due to lose like a weird one on the road, not the home game? Yeah, they're due to lose. Uh, yeah, you're right. Because they got Denver the next week, right? So that's the one I feel like. Oh, that's the the you're due. You lose some weird one where you just get dominated and you can't score. The Ravens, is there a chance? Is there a chance that we go ten and six, don't win the division, or even nine and seven, don't win the division, and get a and get a wild card? Yeah. So those those scenarios, because we lost, because we would have lost to Miami and Buffalo, those scenarios involve us getting into like crazy tiebreakers. Like we would have to be tied with Miami and Buffalo and Denver and Kansas City and shit like that. Like so that we start bubbling ourselves up in the in a, a yeah. conference game tiebreakers and stuff. Miami and Buffalo get eliminated before we do. Right. And these big tiebreakers before we get to head to head with them. Right. Yeah. Yes. So or, or they or or at least Miami. Miami maybe they fold and they don't get to nine and seven. Right. Their schedule coming up is interesting, but but yeah, no, like those scenarios. The best way we get in is if we're tied ten and six with it with Denver, we get in. If it's like us, Denver, Miami, we get in. Well, even Kansas City, because we Kansas have City is another Kansas one. City. Although they already have nine wins, so it's hard to see them just like fall. I don't know how they're they're just kind of. All right, but let's also. talk about let's talk about these. We're talking about all these like if we lose ones. Let's talk about if we win out. How do we get the two seed? Because this was an interesting one that I went over. It, it, yeah. Let's, okay, so let's do just, that. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna play. Let's just play a game of could this happen? Right tonight, as we record this in about ten minutes, it's gonna kick off Kansas City. Hosting the Oakland Raiders, right? Now, Kansas City, they won a weird one last week on that pick two play, but they could win tonight, right? It's possible. They're playing well. It's a home game for them. Division, Thursday night. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. I think Oakland's a much better team, but it would not surprise me. Let's just, so let's just, let's mark that down, Kansas. Let's just say Kansas City were to win that one, right? Okay. So now, and the Steelers, obviously, the Steelers are winning out in this crazy scenario. Okay. Uh, next, the next week we need, uh, oh, the, uh, the Raiders play the Chargers in San Diego. Now. Yeah, division game, they could lose. They could lose that one. Let's give them a win. Let's just say they win that one. Okay. Right? It's always more fun when we can give away wins. So that right? puts them at 11 and, 11 three, and 3 at that point. Right. Okay. Now, Kansas City that same week plays the Tennessee Titans at home. Let's, let's give Tennessee a win there. 
right? Tennessee's yeah. a frisky team, but I don't know if they're going on the road yeah. to Kansas City and winning. So that puts Kansas City at 10 and 4 at that point. No, that puts them at 11 right. and 3. They've won I thought game. you said Kansas City was going to lose to Tan- Titans. Win. Let's have, let's have them win. Oh, let's have them beat them. Okay, beat I'm sorry. Yeah, they yeah, get 11-3. Okay. Right? Okay. okay, so now we go into week 16. The, sca- the records look like this. The Steelers are 9-5. and five. The Chiefs and Raiders are both 11-3. and three. Okay. Now we need the Broncos to beat the Chiefs. Last time they played, that was a very close game. We need the Colts, who are in a division race, to beat the Raiders. Now, in the last week, all we need is the Broncos, who are fighting for their playoff live at home, to win. The Chiefs can win. We want the Chiefs to win the division. Right. Right? We want them to win the division, but finish 11-5. and five. That's the key. So, yeah. actually, I think they need to lose yeah. that one. This, this, is, this, this the scenario Titans, is yeah. too convoluted. It's even, even too convoluted yeah. for me. I mean, basically, the Chiefs have to go 2-2, two and two, and the Raiders have to go 1-3. and one three. And three. And the Chiefs have to win the division by a tiebreaker. So that's why they have to win we, tonight. And then we get the two seed by a tiebreaker against them. Right. Assuming the Patriots don't... Uh, collapse. Collapse, yeah. Which would end us then up... We can get, then we can get the one seed. Yeah, we get the one seed. Hey, what's the big deal? We'll just take home field. Not a big deal. Nowhere else do you talk about a 7-5 and five Steeler team <laughs> getting the one seed, but Steeler Country Podcast. But it's, you know, I'm not saying I'm not saying it's likely, but it's possible. It's actually, to me, it's not that far-fetched because the Raiders schedule down the stretch, they have no easy games. There's no game that they, they're going into where you're like, oh, it's 100% they're going to win that one. Yeah, they're San good, Diego, though. San Diego on the road, you know, that's very easy for San Diego to win that game. Because um, it's a division game, and San Diego plays every team close. They never lose by a thousand points. They always lose right at the end. Um, I don't know. I don't see the Raiders going one and three though. One and three is tough, but again, they have three division games and the Colts, who really need a win to keep themselves in the playoff hunt. All right. Anyway, spent too much time on this playoff thing. Anyway, so okay, so breaking it down though for the Steelers, just so people know, if the Steelers win this week and then the Ravens lose, then the the Bengals game no longer matters. The, the The division will be decided in Pittsburgh on Christmas Day. All I want for Christmas is the Steelers division win. Um, that game will decide the winner of the AFC North. Unless, I guess, well, that's assuming that, that the Browns don't beat the Steelers in the last game of the season, but it's impossible. Um, so that is that is really the, what it comes down to. Right? Steelers can Steelers can afford to lose one as long as Baltimore loses one, and they're very likely to lose on Monday night. All right, anything yeah, else? Yeah, that's good then. Anything else before we wrap this? Oh, you know what we didn't talk about? We talked about the defense a lot, but uh, I did want to mention, you know, we, we had this mantra earlier in the year about this, you're, you're scoring field goals, we're scoring touchdowns, right? Because the defense wasn't that good yeah, at, yeah. Getting, you know, at getting three and outs, but they would at least stop them in the red zone. Did we hold them to like three, four and outs this week? Have we held teams to four and outs like five times in the last two games? Could it be that our defense is like becoming this weird, you know, sometimes we can get like, we get, it's not only it can get those huge, big splash plays like the Timmons play, like big sacks like we got on Eli Manning um, and get big three and outs. But then also we're still really, really good in the red zone. I feel like that is true. The defense. 
there's some like building blocks there that uh, make me actually really excited about the future of that defense. That is huge because when you give up big plays down the field, you know they get them down the field. You could you always have that hope that hey, we're going to keep them out of the end zone, and then if if they go for it on fourth down, you know even better. Those fourth down stops this week were were huge. Yeah. Every single one of them. Were there three? We in this did game? get. Mm, I don't remember. I forget how many there were. We we did give up a, uh, the, you know the touchdown on the short field after Le'Veon Bell's fumble. Classic Steeler defenses. You can't you yeah. can't stop them after a turnover. Speaking of defense, though, we didn't mention, or maybe you did mention, but uh, just Bud Dupree is back, and I think he's going to be a factor. Let's just keep watching him. He was one of those guys who um, was – he looks like he's just a step away at this point, right? He's still coming back from injury. And I actually feel the same way about Ladarius Green. You guys feel at all when you were watching him run that he just didn't look like 100% healthy? Like he had like Ladarius? a weird stride to him where like he, like he didn't trying. seem like he was going full speed. Yeah, maybe. It, it could just like, be his style. Yeah, I it just could be. don't know him well enough. Yeah. I do have one more thing. Yeah. I did like at the end of the game, or did you like at the end of the game, how we put in Landry to get the save? <laughs> Wait, Landry was the one that knelt on it? He did. <laughs> he finished the game. Oh, yeah, you're right. He, he did. One. Was Ben too busy celebrating or something? Wow, I couldn't Ben go out there for less. So I don't weird. know. I think that might be a new thing. I, I think like he might it. be going for uh, – uh, you know, is it something in uh, Landry's contract? Like maybe like statistically, see stats yeah. again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like it's a dangerous play. It's an es- maybe it's no, maybe for, it's like uh, an escalator in his contract. Like if he gets a certain number of snaps in a year, you know, he gets paid more or something. So he's gonna go for the Yankees. Rivera's uh, save record. There you go. Oh, one other thing we need to touch he's on. He's our closer. I, maybe I'm gonna jinx it here, but uh, I don't know if you guys read, but Mike Tomlin is one win away. From 100 wins in 10 years, um, there's only been like seven coaches in history who have ever done this. Does that count playoffs? Uh, does it count playoffs? Does that? I don't. Th- I think that's that probably, of... probably regular season, right? Regular but, but, season but he doesn't. Season. No, it's does he, does he still never have a? They say wins. All, they include all wins. Re- no, no, this is regular season only. And and does he? He still does not have a losing season. Correct. Is that true? So that means that. Yeah, the lowest wins are eight. So if you're averaging ten a year, you're getting between eight and twelve, right? Right. Yes. He, he, he right now is ninety nine and fifty seven as a head coach. It's the third best record over that span since he started in two thousand and seven. Only the Patriots and Packers have better records uh, than the Steelers over that span. That's and good. The coaches who have done this in the past: Mike Dicka, Tony Dungy, Joe Gibbs, John Madden, Mike McCarthy, George Seifert. Don Shula. Wow. So there's only two of those guys who aren't in the Hall of Fame, right? Is George Seifert a Hall of Fame coach? Am I crazy? Did he make the Hall of Fame? I'm surprised. Did he coach for 10 years? That's what I was I was thinking the same thing. Like, Did he just coach 10 years to get to this and then just, ah, I'm out? Well, they, had, they only won one Super Bowl. It was immediately – maybe it was two. Was, did, yeah, he won the, he yeah. won, he won the when, fourth Super Bowl with Thight. With, yeah, uh, he won with – Montana, Montana yeah. and then he won one with Young. I think it was eighty-eight and ninety. And there were some years in between because the Cowboys were, you know, the yeah. Jimmy Johnson years were in there. Oh my God! Yeah, I completely it, forgot he coached the Panthers. Oh, that oh, I did too. Yeah. Okay. Did you know that? Yeah. Oh, think about this. He went one in fifteen his last year, so his crazy ass record of one hundred and fourteen and sixty-two includes a one fifteen season. 
So it would have been like 113 and 52 if he didn't, or 50-something if he didn't, 40-something if he didn't coach that last year. That's crazy. No, but it's pretty cool. Tomlin's in uh, – and I was surprised to see that – I was surprised to see – not to see Cower in the list. I guess Cower came really close. Um, Was it first – is it just first 10 years? Is that what it is? Your first 10 years. But Cower's first couple years there were like – Ten and oh, yeah. six. That's big ones, yeah. Nine and seven, then twelve and four, twelve and four. Then he had a couple of six and tens or seven and nines in there that were those in his first ten like years the, though? I guess they were like ninety nine. Yeah, yeah ninety eight, ninety nine, yeah. 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 Two thousand. Yeah. Yeah. No, pretty cool. That and he can get that this week. He's ninety nine. Right now he's ninety nine fifty seven. So if we win this week, Mike Tomlin joins that uh hundred and ten club. So pretty cool. All right, guys. That's going to do it for Steeler Country this week. Thank you all for listening. If you want to leave feedback, SteelerCountry at gmail.com is the email address. The website is SteelerCountryPodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Twitter.com slash SteelerCountry. And you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, wherever you find podcasts. You can find it there. We will see you next week.